Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm going to offend a lot of people right now, but I'm going to do it in a way where I hope that people don't get offended. Um, I'm like really sick of everyone making everything about race. Yeah, Like, I'm kind of over it, and I know that I am the one person who's not allowed to say that because I am a white, privileged, blonde, 28-year-old. So I get that. I'm saying it, I know, but I have a podcast, and it's an outlet to say what I think. And if you don't want like what I think or what I have to say, then, like, you don't have to listen to it. You can turn it off and or unfollow me, whatever, whatever. But, like... Everyone giving their impassioned speeches about race and all of that stuff. I'm like, why is it always just about African-Americans? Like, why aren't the Asians being like, we're not represented? Why aren't like, I don't know, like Native Americans and Latinos being like, we're not represented? Why is it that they're like, it's always just that? And then like whenever they get upset, then everybody has to go above and beyond to then make them happy. Yeah. And I hate saying the word them because I'm not, no, not, weren't. Not everybody's the same. So I get I mean the ones that are like out there bitching. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Um, so what you heard at the clip before this was a clip from Straight Up With Saucy from 2017. I'm going to get more into the evolution of that clip uh, later in the episode in my uh, recap for the Vanderpump Rules um, season. No, part one, <laughs> part one reunion. But uh, I thought it was important for people to actually hear it because she's been getting a lot of backlash. She and Kristen have been getting a lot of backlash for how they treated Faith and also for the things Stassi has been saying or had said on her podcast previously. 
And I think a lot of people had just seen the transcript of what she said or the quote of what she said. But I think to actually hear her inflection, how she said it, I think it adds another layer to how messed up it was. Um, So I wanted everybody to like actually hear it. Um, With that being said, I want to thank all of the new listeners to this podcast. A lot of you guys have come out in droves. Um, There's been a lot of support for black podcasters and black podcasts in the past week. And it's been, you know, a bittersweet way to get more listeners, I, I have to admit, but I do appreciate that you guys have been reaching out to me, have been saying like how much I've been connecting with you guys and all of that. Like I, I, I genuinely do appreciate that you um, are listening and enjoying it. Um, it's, you know, it's an, it's bittersweet that this is the reason why, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Uh, so I took a little bit of a break. The podcasts that you did hear last week were ones that I had previously recorded. And I was like, well, I'll just put them out because they're timely. Typically, I talk about 90 Day Fiance. And I did not do a recap last week. So I just am not going to do like a full recap of it. But I want to... Um, just like go through what exactly, just the highlights of the episode. Um, what else do I want to talk about? So gosh, what really happened? Vari and Jeffrey are truly unwell. Um, they, what happens really? They, uh, they decide to get married again. He proposes before she leaves back for Russia. The only thing that was interesting really was that. What was interesting? Nothing really. (laughs) So I take it back. There really wasn't anything that interesting. Oh, the only thing interesting was like kind of from a legal standpoint is that like now that they're engaged, they're going to have to go through the K-1 visa process and she will not be allowed to come back to America during that time. So I guess Jeffrey will be having to make trips to Russia. That's basically it. Um, Usman and Lisa get married. It was one of the worst things I've had the disprivilege, <laughs> the lack of privilege or disprivilege is not a word, right? No, um, it's one of the things that I've had the displeasure. There you go. The displeasure of of watching. Um, what happened? You know, Lisa got a custom gown. Uh, you know, her titties were all out. Uh, she had her like finest little scoonsy, scoonchy, uh, hair clip, hair claw clip in. And yeah, I mean, it it was bad. (laughs) At one point, Usman described them as husband and white woman in his native language, which was funny. I'm so glad that Lisa left the continent of Africa, but unfortunately for us, that means she's back in America, which doesn't really help anything. Um, I wish she would go back to whatever hell mouth she escaped from, but, you know, all it, it's all progress, right? Stephanie finally comes out to her mother. It was an awkward conversation, a difficult conversation to have. She was completely right for to feel uh, nervous about the situation. But, you know, it wasn't like the dream 
situation that Erica had in which her parents were completely accepting of her. But, you know, her mom did say, I'm going to love you anyway. Stephanie did ask, um, do you want me to... Well, first of all, to harken back, let's go back a little bit. Her mom's first reaction is like, you know, I'm allowed to say that I am surprised and disappointed by this. But then she goes on to say I, something along the lines of like, I just think that you've had bad relationships in the past and maybe you're confused, which is like, oh, I really wish she hadn't said that. But she does say I love you anyway. She does say... I do want to hear about your relationships because Stephanie asked, like, should I just leave you out of this completely? She says, no, like, I do want to know. I love you. I accept you. They hugged each other. So, you know, it wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible either. Like, it, it could have been worse, but it could have been better. Uh, let's go to David and Lana. <laughs> so out of the eight days that he was there, she... They only hung out for two of those days. She's been busy babysitting, going to hockey games, uh, taking naps probably, uh, desperately looking through a website to see if there's any other man that she could possibly get engaged to before she has to hitch herself to this ride. Um, At one point, he uh, emails Sergey, the private investigator, to say... Uh, basically like a big F you like, oh, this is add this to make case file. And, and Lana says hi. And he attaches a picture of he and Lana. Um, she decides to meet him at the airport. And what happened? This is like the very last minute. She's like, oh, I can't see you on your last day, but I will come to the hotel. We'll ride to the airport together and I'll say goodbye to you. Um, they actually, he gets one more kiss in. No tongue, no open mouth. It was a very closed mouth kiss. And he proposes to her. He he goes off to go to the airplane, walks back, and then says, you know, like, I, I want to propose to you. The thing that I found so funny is I hope you guys have all seen Get Out. There's a moment in Get Out where I cannot remember his name his character's name or hers, but the dude is like trying, you know, all hell is broken loose. He's trying to get out of the situation. Allison Williams is pretending like she's helping him. He's scrambling and looking for the keys. And then she's standing at the bottom of the staircase, has the keys in her hands. Her face completely blanks out. And you're like, Oh, I thought it was being helped here. I thought things were good. And they're not. And that was the exact reaction that Lana had when she hugged her now new fiance, David. Uh, it went from like, oh, lovey-dovey when he's looking at her. And as soon as she hugs at him, it's like blank face. Like, oh, I, like just nothing. Giving you no emotion. <laughs> but how, how many emotions could you really have? Getting engaged to a guy that you've only hung out with for like a few hours at a time twice. Uh, shocking, chilling, horrifying. Ed and Rose, Ed goes to meet with his daughter. And before he does that, he is like getting ready in the bathroom, which seems like a throwaway scene, except for if you look around his bathroom walls, you realize that he's got all of these pictures of women in like various states of nudity, 
lingerie, bikinis, that sort of thing. It's weird because, you know, like he's a photographer and he took these pictures and to like have them hanging in his bathroom. Like, is that unwell to anybody else? Because that creeps me out. Like if I saw my picture in the bathroom of some dude who I took photos with, like I wouldn't be into that. Also, there was a bra hanging from the ceiling. For a man who's been single for 28 years, allegedly has not dated. Whose bra is that? Where did that come from? Did a model leave that at his house when they were taking photos and and she just forgot it? Ugh, that's so gross. Um, they meet, he and Tiffany, his daughter meet, and he apologizes fully for what she perceived as putting their relationship, their father-daughter relationship on the back burner in order to pursue love. And this is what I'm not understanding. Because it didn't seem like, like, she has a good reason to be upset, and that reason would be that you were trying to date a 23-year-old when I'm 29 and it's creepy that you went all the way out to the Philippines to try and pursue a relationship when with some chick that you met online when you've had all these 28 years to date somebody, find somebody in America because you're clearly just sex trafficking. But it seemed like she was more upset that he was out trying to find a relationship at all which at 29 is weird, but we know Ed is weird. So I guess I can't really be that surprised that Tiffany's weird, right? (sighs) What happened? Um, Darcy has a lot of root issues. She is doing this thing where she's single and she's immediately jealous of her twin sister, Stacy, for having a relationship because she just, can't stand (laughs) being single but also she can't stand that her sister seems happier than she is and is further along in a relationship than she is so Stacy's engaged to a guy named Florian he they're through the going through the k1 process now um to get him to America I think he's from like Belarus I I can't remember that's not right it's not Belarus but I, I can't remember um they they go to get their nails done and say he's like, oh, I just want like, you know, like super blingy, like glam coffin nails. And she was like, oh, um, those are like wedding nails, right? Like, I'm so happy for you, Stace. She's not. You could tell. <laughs> she grinds her teeth at night down to nubs, I'm sure, because she just cannot handle the fact that Stacy is engaged and she's now single. Oh, we also did find out that she got reached out to by a guy who's friends with Tom. Um, Tom visited this guy and his wife or his fiance or girlfriend or whatever in New Jersey. They had a conversation. And so this guy reaches out to Darcy and says, I think he really regrets like not trying to make it work with you. So he asked me to sort of be like the bridge to get you guys to keep communicating with each other because uh, Tom is blocked on every um, avenue that he can contact Darcy, like his phone number, WhatsApp, all of those. It's a weird thing to do. Like you guys are really grown. Like, Darcy's like 47 or something. <laughs> like, I don't, don't be messaging me. Come on. 
You know what he did. And he just wants to be on the show. Like, I understand that we can't break the fourth wall, but like, let's break it a little bit. Like, come on. So then she says that she ignored that message. And then hours later, she gets a message from Tom's mother saying basically the same thing. Like, I, I'm hoping to get you two back together. Weird. Weird. She says she ignored it. And I really hope that she did. Uh, that was basically the end of Darcy. I mean, her roots were on Yikes Girl. I mean, we weren't even in in a quarantine at that point. So, you know what? I Darcy's very close to my heart and I love her, but I just wish she would figure out her extensions, like where where she's going, does she have a game plan? Can she get one? Let's let's just figure out our our extensions journey. Can we? Um, the end, I think, was Ed and Rose, right? Yeah, Ed and Rose, or no, duh, Yolanda. Yolanda and V. Williams. Uh, so Kara, her daughter, we get a clip of her recording herself, and she's saying, you know, I found out that my mom is still contacting Williams, they're still talking to each other, and I need to shut this all down, so I'm going to be hiring a private investigator. Um, Williams had been ghosting Yolanda for weeks, but he wrote her out of the blue, like, oh, sorry, my bad. Um, this is verbatim. Sorry, my bad for not been all this while with you. I was wrong. I know that. Forgive me. I was wrong. I know that. Forgive me. To which she responded, I can't believe you left me like this. And then he says, I love her. And I still want to be with you, but I don't know if you still want that. And she says, I love you too. And his response is, thanks. I appreciate that. (laughs) So then Yolanda and Kara get on a video chat with Scott, the private investigator that Kara hired. They give them all the details that we, they know, like we had been talking online for however long we found out that the pictures that he gave me were stock photos. He went ghost after that. Um, the Instagram that he had ended up redirecting to some school over in Nigeria. And Scott was like, okay, I will take all this information. But based on everything that you've told me, it sounds like a catfish situation. <laughs> I need to get into the private investigator game. Like, I don't want to be another Neve, but like, if people are paying for you to do just like basic internet searches. Like I I need to get in on that game. So if anybody wants to tell me how to do that, is there like a catfish network that I could be hired into? Um, if anybody knows any information about that, you can feel free to DM, DM me at everyone's business, but mine. Okay. Now to get into the rest of the episode, I recapped, like I said, ep- keep wanting to say season one or episode one. Part one of the Vanderpump Rules reunion with um, Shy Orgy. Orgy. It's not her name. We'll just go with Shy. She's married now. Orgy's not her name. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Orgy is her maiden name. You can correct me on that if, if I'm wrong. Anyway, she's amazing. She hosts a podcast called Black Girl Neurosis. She has a awesome Instagram if you guys want to read more um, books. She's got, she just posted a whole thing about, um, different black 
writers and black books that she's read, um, you can find her Instagram at book.ho. And I love it. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think that's it for the that. I just, yeah, thank you again. Welcome all new listeners. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank me for speaking. I love you. Bye. Hey, um, before we get into the interview, I just wanted to um, let anybody know if they want any sort of resources or information into how you can help, how you can donate, etc. Um, and I'm going to give you this website, but just know <laughs> that it is not owned by the person whose name this website is under, just so we're clear. Um, I would suggest that you guys go to jackstaylorfitness.com. Yeah, really. Okay, bye. Y'all, what a hot mess uh, part one of the Vanderpump Rules reunion was. There's so many layers to this. I wrote so many notes. Uh, Join with me today is Chiorgi. Hello. Hey. Uh, I think... We should just get into this, but I wanted to ask you one quick question about the intro where everybody's getting ready. They're getting their cameras up. Well, first of all, how are you feeling about the virtual reunion so far? Okay, so when they first posted the picture, it gave me a lot of anxiety. I was like, this is going to be a mess. I don't know how this is going to work, but it's working. I might actually like it better than the regular reunions. Yeah, I'm really liking the... My first concern was quality. So I'm glad that they were able to get that down. Like when I saw like the first Atlanta reunion, I was like, oh, this is great. Like, I think it's really good. And I think not having everybody be physically in front of each other, I think you hear more because I feel like when they're in front of each other, they just want to like fight and talk over one another. But I feel like that doesn't happen or it hasn't been happening. And I've been enjoying it with the exception of Nini. (laughs) Right, absolutely. And did you watch any of the Watch What Happened Lives from home he was doing? I was uh, really concerned about everyone's internet because, like, I remember Lala and Rand, they had the worst Wi-Fi ever. Like, so I was like, what are these reunions going to be like? But it looks like everyone stepped their game up. Like, yeah. Bravo upgraded everyone. Yeah, I did watch a couple. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm I'm really glad, like, they spent the money, spent the coins to get, like, people proper cameras and doing like tests and all of that. So my second question is, how are you feeling? Do you have an opinion on Lisa's commitment to satin shirts? <laughs> I'm just happy we didn't see a tie. Right. <laughs> that is very, like, why, who told her that, like, just just put a tie around your neck. You don't even have to put it around the collar. Just any shirt, that, top that you want to wear, just pop a tie under it. Like, who cares? I, I don't know what that trend is, but she's so committed to, like, a satin, like, pussy bow shirt. Like, she just loves them. Uh, and it's really a shame because when she dresses like a normal person and not, like, some sort of, like, magician from Reno, like, she looks... Exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad we're seeing eye to eye on this. So the beginning, Andy jokingly thanks Jax for allowing everybody to be on his show. And Jax immediately was like, was he talking about? Like he had no clue, even though it was clear that the cast had just watched the finale. And like, come on, dude. Like, 
I knew this was about to be some bullshit. I, you can't expect anything more from Jax. It's kind of what he does is to try to pretend like he doesn't know what's going on so he doesn't have to be answer the question. Like, you know good and damn well what he's talking about. And I just, like, I know it's hard for me to conceptualize that, like, Jax Taylor has actual, like, stands and fans. Because to me, it's like we're watching the biggest idiot try to, like, get over on people who are even with just, like, a marginal intelligence. You would think that people would see right through him. But the fact that he keeps trying is entertaining at the very least it's frustrating but it's also funny it's absurdly arrogant you know to be that dumb and think that you're like gonna manipulate anyone into thinking anything is crazy Ugh, it's a, a true treat for me um lisa does say that she does believe that he thinks it's a show and yeah of course he does of course absolutely i mean i don't think people really think i mean to be clear lisa like people don't really think this is your show like, it's got your name on it. But this is a group effort. And I don't like that, like, the Lisa thinks it's her show thing is like, no, 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 no. Come on. It has her, you're right. It has her name on it, but it's definitely, if it's anybody's show, maybe it's Stassi's. I don't like Stassi, but. Right. But if we had to put in a <laughs> show, it would probably be Stassi, unfortunately. Um, so the first clip package we get is the Tom and Stassi fight that happened in the beginning of the season over her having a book party and Schwartz and Katie chime in and they, they say that they think that Tom Sandoval is jealous of Stassi. How do you feel about that? Um, okay. So I hate to ever be on like Stassi's side, but like, here I am. Um, I kind of feel like it was jealousy. I, but you know what, I can understand it. And what's frustrating is like, as people who, you know, watch these shows and have to like really dive in, like you have to also understand how much the show is part of their drama. So like, I can understand why he would be frustrated about the fact that like all of the things that he does, the fact that they wrote a book doesn't get covered and yet they treat Stassi like everything she like everything that she does gets to be talked about on the show whereas like for the most part the other cast members don't get that yeah you're absolutely right so like to say it's jealousy is actually I'll take that back it is more I think it was more of like well we have a book too we don't get this coverage did we really get to see any of Tom and Ariana's book the whole season zero yeah see that's not fair and I, I see where and, like, that's a lot of the stuff that Sheena did, too. Also, like, it manifested itself and, like, the show portrayed it as her being jealous of Dana in a way that I think it's more of, like, you're getting to showcase yourself in a way that I don't get to. Right. And that makes total sense. But, like, they can't talk about that on the show. Although I kind of, you know, I wonder, I wish that they would break the fourth wall more, but I I don't know how they would be able to address those specific things of, like, us just not getting camera time um right because that gets too into production yeah it, it gets too too deep in there um but then i saw when Bo pointed out that like tom fully knew about the party and had been planning like the drink menu and like how he was gonna bartend i was like okay well 
it doesn't really make sense that hours later then you would then text her and talk about how she wasn't going to be able to come. Like that part I was, was on stop. It wasn't a good look. It was really wasn't. <laughs> and it didn't make any sense. Um, so then he says like another thing that's probably more on the production end is that like if things didn't go right with the party then there would be likely another storyline about how like happened two seasons ago about how like Tom and Tom are idiots and aren't capable of running Tom Tom and being like good owners. I mean, I see where he's trying to go with that. But for me, like when I watched it and I remember like those texts came at like three in the morning when he was out with James while James was still very partying hard. I think he was yeah. probably like coked out and they were talking about Stasi, and he got really angry and just sent those texts. Like, I don't, now after the fact, you're trying to make it, a, they're trying to make it a little bit deeper. And I think it was just, you were really, really angry in the moment. And that was it. Like, yeah. If he had just admitted that, it would have been a little bit better for me. But whatever, like, fuck Stassi. Um, then we get to, like, Max and his issue with, like, Dana and Sheena. And, like, Max has real serious issues when it comes to women. Like, Jax does too. But Max also does in, like, a different sort of way. He says that, like, they're getting into, like, oh you know, we dated, and then Max is, like, just so arrogant, and he says, you know, these women hang out with, like, we hang out for two weeks, and then they run with their emotions, but it's, like, you, we saw you on camera say that you wanted to be exclusive with Dana, and then turn right around when people ask you, and he was, like, you were, like, I don't know what you're talking about, like, I never said that, and to say, like, oh, I'm a manager, and so I didn't want, like, my employees talking about my love life. Okay, well, stop fucking the people that you work with then. Like, Period. <laughs> like, there's a very easy solution to this. I mean, Max is just a fuckboy. It's plain and simple. He's, that's all it is. And I think it's so crazy that, like, Dana, to me, like, watching it, as much as, like, I want to say that, like, fault Max, Dana was doing too much, like... Even with the yeah. bread, the back and forth. And then when we found out that, like, they were still kind of after the show dating. Because I was under impression that this was all fake for the show. Right. Just because the person who Dana presents herself to be should not be interested in Max. Or Brett. Or any guy on the show. Like, you would think right. she was So I'm like, what, what's going on here? Who are you? <laughs> what is the truth? It, it, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Because she ended the season being like oh, like, I'm better than this, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, first of all, that conversation that they had at, after her comedy show where the boys were just, like, Max and Brett were both fighting about, like, how they both didn't like her. Who like, likes her less, right? <laughs> I would have... No, lived... I don't like that girl. You like that girl. No, I don't like that girl. Like, what the hell? Like, that would have been enough for me to never speak to them again. Ever. 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 And she was like justified. She's like, well, you know, it didn't come out right, but I know what Max meant, what Brett meant. And I'm like, no, girl, he said exactly what he meant. <laughs> exactly what he meant. Because you know, like when dudes yell, it's like they're saying <laughs> what, what exactly how they feel. You're right. Like they're they're speaking off the top of the dome. They're not. There's not a whole lot of thought process happening. Like you need to listen to them the first time. It's. It was... 
It's so sad because it makes me so confused on who Dana is. Like, I do not understand. The girl who she comes in the confessionals and is is so self-assured. And then she's just doing wild shit with these guys that I just don't understand it. Wild. And as, like, treasurer of the girl who makes poor choices with men club, like, that's even a, a bad brand image for us. Like, it's not a good look. And she not looks worse than Sheena to me because I'm like, at least Sheena owns that she's out here doing stupid stuff. Like, you're doing clownery and pretending you're not. Like, you are sitting in the middle of the circus pretending you're not. Like, Right. And, and I was loving that scene of, of Sheena when she confronted Max and was like, here's a text message where you said, oh, I think this is real, blah, blah, blah. Like, all of this, like, committed type stuff. And so she's like, don't play me, you know? Stop playing with me because I have the receipts. Um, then we find out the big reveal, which is that Max hooked up with Kristen. Did that shock you at all? Yeah. I mean, it surprised <laughs> me just because we got none of it the whole season, but like who Kristen is, like, not really, I guess. Like, but what I thought was more shocking is the <laughs> Stassi being upset about it for Dana was kind of weird to me. Because nobody was acknowledging that Sheena had dated him too. And Sheena and Kristen are also friends. Like right. actual friends, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, I love Sheena being like, so are you mad for her or me? Because I'm the one who dated him way longer than Dana did. But like, yeah, to go back to Stassi, like she needs to work something out. Like it was very clear that she has been triggered this whole time. And now I'm getting like, why is she so upset? about Kristen and Carter, why she just like popped the fuck off about like, you're friends with Dana, how could you do this to her? Blah, 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 like what? Like it all stems from the fact that Kristen and Jax fucked each other years ago and she doesn't not let it go, it, which is fine. But like, then don't be her friend and then pop off on her every single moment that she does something that triggers you. Right. I mean, I will say that I kind of understand the point. Like, for me, I like where Sheena was, uh, sorry, where Stassi was upset, because I don't know what you, but I don't think it's okay for you to really hook up with your friend's exes. No. And, like, Sheena was invested in Max. Right. And we saw that. So I thought it was really weird that, like, Sheena was pretending to not be, or was not upset, and that Kristen didn't feel any type of way and had never mentioned it to Sheena. That was messed up, but like Stassi being so outraged was just—it was another excuse to just shit on Kristen. Exactly, and I'm like, Stassi, do you have Dana's phone number? Like, why are you writing so hard for her? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was crazy, and and this makes sense. It's like why she's so protective of like Bo when it comes to her relationship with Kristen because or his relationship with Kristen because uh, obviously there's she thinks some- that Kristen will eventually fuck Bo. Exactly. There's some part of her that feels very insecure. It also probably doesn't help that they have kissed. Right. Well, it, you know, it never helps. I remember but... when we saw, I mean, it was for like a movie or some super degrade um, straight, to, <laughs> straight to prime video movie, but they did kiss. And I'm sure that image doesn't sit well with Stassi. A hundred percent. And I think then I love James piping in and being like, oh, you'll fuck anybody, you're a whole, whatever he said. And and like, this doesn't surprise me at all. And Kristen, 
said something that I thought was very telling, and I feel like it's kind of been bubbling over the surface because a few years ago, Jax kind of alluded to James having done something that was like very bad. And then Kristen says, you're lucky to be on the show and not in jail right now. And I'm like, what secret is being held about James? And that's what I thought, like, even all last season, the way that, like, Katie talked with such vitriol, they all hated him. And they would all be like, you don't know what he's done. You don't know what he's done. I'm like, well, tell us then. Right. What is, well, yeah, just come out with it. But to end the scene, I want to just let the record show that not one person that we saw made a comment about how Max had been fucking these other women with no regard. You know, everybody went in on Kristen and nobody said one word about Max. And the way he gets away with things is like disgusting. Cause Max owed it to Dana to tell Dana too that, oh, you know, yeah. you're getting close with Kristen. I did fuck her. Yeah, exactly. Like it, the onus is a hundred percent or 50% on him just as much as it is on Kristen. And nobody said anything. It was crazy to me. Crazy. Ugh. Um, so then Andy says that a lot of people on the internet felt like Jax felt threatened by the new cast members, which of course, even though he says no, and that it's just hard to introduce people to like our old friend group. And then Andy is like, well, Charlie, how do you feel about this? Because, and Charlie's like, well, he obviously felt threatened enough to like go off on me about on Twitter, even though I don't even have a Twitter and, or she didn't at the time anyway. Um, And she's like, I don't even know this 50 year old man. (laughs) I don't love the age shaming, but what I do love is that because Jax hates women, he like cannot help himself but act like a complete monster and the fact that charlie doesn't up to him yeah she stands up to him she never lets him off and it's so funny to me because he gets so <laughs> mad it's the ariana effect too like any woman who's speaking back to him is like a how dare you Yep. oh i oh it's so funny to me um i hated everyone ganging up on Charlie and telling her to know her place. Uh, like, that I hated. I'm like, she's on the reunion too. Like, why can't she talk back to Jax? He, yeah. He's talking about her. Like, I, I didn't understand that. Like, even Lisa chimed in to tell her, like, darling, settle down. Know your place. Like, why? Yeah, <laughs> like, why does she? Why can't? And told her to be respectful. Why does she have to respect Jax? He doesn't respect her. Why does she? anybody have to respect Jax on this planet? It's crazy to me. Um, yeah, and, like, I at one point, Lala's like, you don't just come here and get respect. You have to earn it. Like, was you earning your respect, people calling you a whore for, like, yeah. a year and a half? Like, is that the – everybody has to go through that before, you know, you finally get your money up or find a man who can give you guys PJ access? Like, is that how how you were hazed? Is that how this works, Lauren? Like, like I am so deeply ashamed by the person Lala has become. Ugh, girl. Like, it is so, like, deeply embarrassing to watch. Like, it, these people never saw it for you until you started putting them on a PJ. You don't feel any type of way about that. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense like how do you not see that girl if you're like you are the way you earned your respect was what you started sleeping with a rich guy who gave them access to some perks 
Right. And suddenly, like, you can take them on trips now, and, and now you guys are all BFF. Like, <clears throat> if you're that bitch, you're that girl, you're pussy power, blah, blah, blah. Like, how do you not see that these people are playing you? How does she not see it? Or does she? And she's just acting like she's just getting along to, like, so people don't come for her anymore. I've just decided that she just, like, speaks in quotes, like, things she's heard other people say. Like, none, absolutely nothing. <laughs> like, she doesn't think about anything. Everything is, when back on the side, when she was, like, the underdog where they didn't like her, she was a super feminist. And, like, because it made sense for her and she heard, saw those quotes on Twitter or whatever. And then now that people don't, she feels like she's in with the group. She's, I don't know, like, she, like, stresses me out. It's sad. It's like, even I would go so far, far to say it's pathetic. It's actually definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, then he, Jax goes on to say he. he oh, this is what really irks me is when he uses the term "sweetie." Um, no, your role, sweetie. Like you should be so lucky to be here, sweetie. Like, uh, sh- shut up. And then he said he starts off by claiming not to know what he tweeted at Charlie. But then they were like, oh, you said something about her not eating pasta. And he was like, it, yeah, it's like weird that she would eat cheesecake and not pasta. Like, what are you, what? Is it? Is I it like the- that Stassi did say that was a lame tweet. <laughs> Thank you. And it was lame. It was so lame and embarrassing. And he should be ashamed. And for as much as I think Brittany is an accomplice of Jax and his shitty behavior, you can definitely tell when she's embarrassed by the things that he does. <laughs> And I live for that. Um, I just hate that Charlie was wearing a surge dress. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it was a real choice. She, she could have gone somewhere else with that. Um, then, yeah, all the girls go in on Charlie. Um, Kristen tells her to calm her tits. Brittany has the unmitigated gall to sit next to Jax Taylor and say that she has never seen somebody be more disrespectful in her life. Ma'am? <laughs> I mean, you, she Jax better cut her a check for that because that was wild <laughs> shit. Oh my God. Um, I'm like, Brittany, this is going to be your life. This your is- life is going to be. <laughs> She, I mean, uh, this whole cannot sit next to Jax Taylor and take the try to take the moral high ground on anything. Don't use the term disrespectful on anybody else besides the person that you're standing three inches from. Like, get out of here. I really like you're married, so maybe you can walk me through this. Like, I don't really agree with the whole like stand by your man regardless of what he says trope like I don't get it like maybe you I don't know I mean you also just shouldn't marry monsters (laughs) make it it's like where you start off with (laughs) yeah you should definitely make it easy on yourself by not marrying a total emotional terrorist um then they get to Schwartz and Katie's fight. And this, maybe you can offer more insight on this as a married person about the cop car prank that Randall pulled. And we get the flashback of Tom making puking noises and saying that he's never been less so attracted to Katie in his life. That's another month of us not having sex with each other. 
lest we not forget, when they had a conversation after the fact, he called her a social justice, social justice warrior. <laughs> as if that was a slur. And, <laughs> like, and then Tom goes on to say that there's no excuses for what he did. He's like, but Randall just but went on to make excuses. He, he made so many excuses. Like, Randall just put so much effort into it. And I just, when I looked at her saying, like, hey, maybe we should have some, like, um, courtesy and respect for the fact that, you know, people get arrested in the best case scenario on a very frequent basis. This cop thing isn't funny. Um, it's not a good look for a bunch of white people to be, like, LOLing about, like, getting arrested. Um then he, I'm just very confused. Like I, I don't think he gets it. And it's wild to me that he's had all of this time to think about maybe a good thing that he should have said. And then he went on to say what he said. And has still not arrived at one. Like could not find one thing to say that was like, okay. Like I have a lot to say here. Like for one, I think I hate that we missed the opportunity to have like a real conversation like, I wish they would have asked Katie, like, why were you upset? You know, I think it would have been, op- like, an opportunity for Katie to explain the, like, hey, for the, po- like, the police are not funny for a lot of people. Like, this is a problematic prank. And, like, maybe we could have got some, something useful could have come out of that. There were so many things that it was like, wow, I can't believe that this episode is airing this week with everything that's happening. That mm-hmm. I was like. It was, it was, we'll get more into that, obviously. But Lisa says that the insults that Tom throws at Katie are really personal and they're about cutting her down. And then Katie goes on to say that she's not trying to normalize what he said, but it's also not the first time he said um, things like that to her. And then he goes on to make a joke about how you should really tear somebody down in the beginning of your relationship so that they appreciate the times when you're nice to them. Which is abuse 101, chapter one. Like, Schwartz is trash. Like, for you to be, <laughs> we're, we're talking about how it's so inappropriate that you were so abusive to your wife, verbally abusive to your wife, and then you make a joke about being verbally abusive. Like, it makes no sense that you, he doesn't take it seriously and he doesn't care. He like, doesn't care at all. Like, but it's because nobody holds him accountable for anything. Right. Like, Schwartzy's so cute. Schwartzy was just drunk. No, everything he said was so vile. I cannot imagine a space, even in private, where my husband spoke to me like that, like, much less in front of all of our friends. Like, how would I show my face? Right. How do you do that? And you could tell, like, a lot of people brought up the fact that when it happened on the show, that Sandoval was trying to walk Schwartz away from the situation and that everybody was like, oh, you could tell that this is not the first time he said something like that to her in front of a bunch of people and he was trying to save Schwartz again. How I thought so, because of her reaction. Like, Katie was so just like, "Mm -hmm." you know what I mean? Like, I would have been probably sobbing. (laughs) I would have been so humiliated. But she was just like, no, let him. Right. No, let him. It's like, I'm going home by myself. Like, she was so calm in it and unaffected, which was like, oh, this is just what happens. This is your relationship. It, yeah. the fact She completely, like, checked out, shut down, made excuses for him, which I'm not yep. blaming her, her for because it's mm-hmm. just classic abuse. Classic abuse. Um, 
yeah it then he goes on tom says like you know if i acted like that regularly i would be committed to a psych ward and katie's like well yeah i'd be committed because he'd be dead and it's like oh ha 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 but it's like okay but like you said like if somebody said that to me once in private i would be like you gotta go you have to leave I mean, just for my own dignity, like you're not about to embarrass like me like this on national TV. Like right. I have to at least force a legal separation for a little bit so people don't think I'm crazy. Right. And for them to like recommit themselves when she could have really just gotten out of it. Both of y'all. Both right. of you were resp- responsible for staying in this relationship. I don't see the incentive. You guys aren't even having sex. It's you know, like, what's the point? What's the point of you guys staying together? Uh, I feel like maybe Katie thinks she needs to, and she's right. She needs to be with him to stay on the show. She, she needs to check because it's clear that she has no ambition to do anything else. Allegedly she's starting a podcast. We'll see how that goes. I'm looking forward to those two to three episodes. Um, And so, well, she's a real non-starter. So then we get Andy um, talking about a dinner between Jackson, Brittany, Randall, and Lala, where Jack said that Ariana needed to figure out her sexuality because it changes every day. And he, Jack's apologized for that and says it was garbage. And then he's like, okay, well, you also said it to me on Watch What Happens Live <laughs> about how um, she likes women. Basically, she's a lesbian. And that she shouldn't she should just stop lying about the fact that she's gay i mean Jax is a full homophobe fully just a full homophobe and i don't know why we're like pretending or like he's a full homophobe and i don't like that like you're on this platform andy is gay like i i wish that people i I mean i don't know what andy tried would be like well you said it several times but i just he needs to be able to count. make him really explain himself. Like, don't let him just be like, no, it's, it's just Ariana. I have a problem with Ariana. But yeah, if you get homophobic because you're mad at someone, like, you're pro- you are also homophobic. You have a problem with Ariana, and you're also homophobic. Yeah, both, both of these are true. Like, I, the fact that he, like, tried to mask it by saying, like, no, I just hate her. It's just a problem with her. Like, no. And then somebody pulled receipts maybe yesterday or two two days ago about many tweets about him saying, oh, so-and-so's in the closet. Like, just random people that he was talking to on Twitter. Um, a guy responded to him about a hockey game. Something so benign. Yeah. <laughs> about a hockey team. And he's like, well, you're in the closet. <laughs> like, bro. And, and this comes up later, obviously, with the pastor stuff. And it's like, okay, so you hate Ariana. Okay, fine. If that's what you want to say fine then danica and charlie both pipe up and say well why is it that you're so stuck on the bisexuality of it all and what the fact that she's bisexual and to me like yeah you clearly he's a homophobe clearly he hates ariana but it's also like he there's the other layer of like he's just so jealous of tom and ariana's relationship and the fact that they have a healthy relationship and he he cannot wrap his mind around the fact that Tom just accepts Ariana for who she is 
and that he accepts the fact that like she doesn't want to get married she doesn't want to have children like that doesn't make sense to him because he hates women so much that he can't understand why tom would in his mind accept her behavior right it's also in his relationship he's had to compromise so much of who he is and Mm -hmm. pretend to be a different person it must be really hard to watch two people just be free in themselves in a relationship yeah and they're obviously very unresolved situations between him and Brittany. You know, he did tell the truth in saying, like, you know, I cheated on her. And then basically we, like, decided to put a Band-Aid on it by getting married. And now that the high of us being, you know, the wedding and stuff is all over, it's like, oh, now I have to actually deal with these issues. That was basically the only time he had been honest for, in the whole season. And Brittany's refusing to hear it refusing and I don't know and like no wonder she's taking shots at the middle of the day and chasing it with Snapple like (laughs) (laughs) I would be too damn um so the most revealing thing of ever their dynamic and their relationship is when he was like oh no I will never be alone with the baby like their secrets reveal up and say oh no 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 like you can't ever leave me alone like I will not be taking care of the baby but by myself no and she's like oh Jax (laughs) <laughs> she's like you can make me be a single mother and he was like pretty much like right <laughs> <laughs> okay and she laughed oh Jax he's just saying that no like he, he's telling you what he's going to do listen start hiring nannies now girl like interview them now um then Andy confronts Lala who says you know why did you sit there and let Jack say that when you have admitted to hooking up with Ariana on camera. And she's like, you know, I, I have eaten my fair share of cookie, but I wouldn't call myself by. And like, it wasn't okay for me to not say something like, okay, well, you she did- didn't even say, did she say that it wasn't okay for her to say it? She more just said she doesn't believe those state, like she's against what he said, but she didn't really like acknowledge the fact that she let him say it and You're didn't right. speak up. You're right. Um, and then, gosh, what happens after that? Okay, and then she deflected to being mad at Ariana because her <laughs> of something she said two years ago, and and we've seen her apologize for <laughs> several times. And to me, like when Ariana said, "You should toughen up because people didn't give me a break," she wasn't saying like, "So sorry that your dad died, but get over it." She's saying, "Stop." lashing out at people because at some point people are going to stop making concessions for you because at not at any point after my dad died did people make concessions for me like especially the same group right right? it was more of like a preparing her for like this group will not coddle you right exactly and to me that made perfect sense and I don't know how it's been two years or whatever since this happened that she's been carrying this and it's not been clear to her. Like, of course she, like her dad passed away too. Of course she feels empathy for your situation, but that's not the point. (laughs) I don't even think that she really cares about that still. I think that it was truly like, she knew that she had messed up. She looked like really bad that she sat there and let Jack say those homophobic things. And she wanted to deflect. So she's like, okay, what can I cry about? My dad died. Right. And it's also like a deflection from the fact that 
you know, you're, she started off by saying like, oh, I just felt like Tarim and Ariana, like once I started making friends with the other people in the group, I just felt like they kind of left me behind. They're like, okay, well, we feel the exact same way about you. And for an actual good reason, because you left us and hopped on a PJ with Katie and Stassi, you know, and all, and Jax and Brittany, like, it, she's like, there were a number of vacations that you guys went on that I had no idea about until I saw it on Instagram. So for you to act like we left you out when it's like picture after picture of a picture, you guys like on, you know, on a, a tarmac with Jax and Brittany, like, come on, come on. Like, come, come on. It's the right thing. It was so gaslighty. Like, <laughs> where are your receipts that they left you behind? Right. And, and for for Lala to say like, oh, um, I, you know, I would never compromise my friendship with you guys for, you know, if I was friends with other people. But I don't know if you watch these like extra, like the after shows that they have. Lala, mm-hmm. no. She takes every opportunity to say something shady about Sandoval and Lala and, and Ariana and how she doesn't like them anymore and blah, blah, blah. So Every chance she gets. Every chance. And she also takes every chance she gets to try to defend Jax. Like, I don't know if she swore some blood oath where she was like, I will defend Jax Taylor at all costs. But <laughs> she, it's, she looks crazy. It's so crazy and it looks so weird. And you're right. Like, what happened behind the scenes that, like, you're trying to... And first of all, like, we're going to act like you and Jax didn't hook up while when he was first dating Britney, mm-hmm. <laughs> like we all know it's true. Um, and yeah, I just like, I don't know what's happening behind the scenes. It seems like a, like maybe Randall and Jax are now in some sort of shady dealing with each other. And she's like a mob wife and is just like having to make friends with these, like a politician's wife where she's having to make friends with these people that she actually hates because something is going on behind the scenes. I mean, I think it also has to be really difficult for her to be like, you're dating a man who's much older than you, who all his friends' wives are probably friends with his ex-wife. So like the one friend that they're probably, they probably double date so often with Jax and Brittany because that's like the one person that's Randall's age. Close enough anyway, yeah. There's something, and it's weird to me, like, it gives me the same vibes that, like, Schwartz and Jax's relationship is, even though I feel like Schwartz is not doing it as much, but, like, he would always defend Jax to the point where it's like, what does he have on you? Oh, I think they just, they cheat together. It's gotta be. Like, they cheat together, and he can never say anything bad about Jax because Jax will expose him. And he, with the quickness. It has to be that. And I'm glad that he's like starting to break out of that because it's not a good look. It's it's really morally corrupt. The morally corrupt Tom Schwartz. Um, gosh, then what happens? Okay, so then the next clip package we get is about Jackson and Tom's friendship breakup. And it basically mostly focuses on the homophobic pastor situation. Andy asked Jax why... He got so mad about Tom um, being with his family instead of going to that pre-bachelor party, whatever the hell that means. And 
<laughs> not a thing. Never will be a thing. And Jack says, well, Tom never texts me back. And so blah, blah, blah. And then we get the scene, like, just a blatant lie because we all saw it on TV where Tom was like, I did text you that I was going to be in St. Louis and you texted me back. So you can't even say like, oh, I didn't even see it, even though he tried to. <laughs> he's like, you wrote me back and he looked stupid. But the fact that he's still trying to like create this narrative is crazy. And it's like, we, we don't believe you. There, what has what has Tom Sandoval done to Jax besides call him out? What has he done? Like, I really, really wish Jax and Brittany were as outraged by their pastor's homophobic remarks as they are by Sandoval's, like, audacity to call them out. Exactly. Like, you look crazy. Tom punched you in the forehead once, but you deserved it. So, because he said after he, you had slept with his girlfriend and then told him, like, maybe, maybe if he pleased her more or whatever was satisfied. Satisfy your girlfriend. And Jax That said, was Jax's response to him. Jax literally said, I don't care that I did that. I would do it. I have no regrets. Like, <laughs> you deserve to get punched right in your eye 17 times. Like, you got off real easy, my guy. Um, so then, oh, gosh, what, what happened after that? So, okay, Andy then asked Tom why he didn't address the pastor stuff sooner with Jackson Brittany they're like oh yeah we I want to know that too like that was that was gonna be my question shut up Brittany right (laughs) down (laughs) um and then Tom says like rightfully like I assumed that when they heard it the first time they did something about it and like why would I like constantly check up on whether or not you fired your pastor like that's not you know like I, I thought that that would be enough and I didn't think to, like, check up back on it. Like, it's not his responsibility. Like, and- there was also just so much lying going on, right? Like, Brittany pretending, like, we don't have that Watch What Happens live clip where Andy brought up exactly. a viewer asked the question. So you weren't made aware of it. And then it's like, all I saw was one tweet, and I asked him, and, I, and he said he wasn't like that. He promised. Like, what does that mean? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's get into the timeline. So this started coming up around December, January. People were tweeting at Jackson Brittany, getting blocked for it. Everybody found out about it. Everybody on the cast. People were tweeting different people on the cast about it. And then it kind of died down until they started filming again in the summer. And then an article comes out about it, compiling all of the things, all the Facebook posts, all the tweets, all the social media things that this guy had said that were not only homophobic, they were racist, they were misogynistic, like they just the gamut of terrible behavior. You had it all. He had a just a, bing- a bigotry bingo. <laughs> and listen, he hit everyone in in one round. Like he it was it was a whole thing. So then Tom's like Jax goes off on Tom and then he's like why would you like make a big production about it blah 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 again back to you know the production side of things obviously he was upset that Tom said it on camera and and not just I hate the whole cast was upset at Tom for saying it on camera which is like very weird to me 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's another, like, protection of Jax because mm-hmm. they know that, like, okay, yeah, Obviously, Tom Sandoval smart enough to know that if I say this on camera, regardless of if I took you aside from the party, whatever, cameras are right in front of our face. And this is going to be a storyline that they're going to have to address. And so, like you said, like, they're they're not mad that he said it. They're mad that he said it on camera because they couldn't get away with it. And that's sick. That's not the thing that you should be mad about. Especially because it's like, he Tom Sandoval has the right to protect his own ass, right? At the very least, like if you're silent, you're complicit. So like I don't have to be to protect Jax Taylor. Like I'm not gonna look crazy for you, right? And look like I'm okay with something that I'm not. And like the rest of the cast should have seen it that way. In defending Jax, you guys all look homophobic. Is that okay with you? Right. And yeah, like maybe if he had to think tactically or whatever you want to call it about like I don't want people coming for me so I'm going to make sure that people know that I don't think that this is okay then that's fine right he has every right to do so I just I don't understand how angry everyone was at them and like even Schwartz was so angry with Tom about it like Sandoval about it yeah very strange very very strange and I even heard an interview that Kristen did on Danny Pellegrino's podcast, who was a gay guy. And Kristen was saying, like, oh, he wasn't homophobic. Like, he does, he's, you know, like, yes, he is. What do you mean? He also, Brittany minimized it on the show, too, right? Where she was just like, well, some people just believe the Bible. Right. And, and they have traditional <laughs> values. Like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? And we saw there was one scene where they were having like, this was like a pre-wedding party. And you could tell Mama Sherry was pissed. Pissed that they fired that guy. Oh, absolutely. And then got Lance Bass. She's a gay guy. (laughs) (laughs) Better make sure that they pray before the wedding. Or like, she's like, oh yeah, of course. Like, uh, girl, this is not what you should be mad about. Like, (sighs) The fact that, like, you, oh, oh, it just works me. It really works me. Um, so then Andy brings up a very good question with Jax. was like, well, did you think that this wasn't going to be brought up on the show at all? And, like, if Tom didn't say something, that, like, nobody would say something? And Jax throws it back in Tom's face and says, you know, like... I, I don't know, but, like, I just think it's really hypocritical that, like, Tom would have 
Max and Brett still working at TomTom, considering what they've said. And Tom rightfully says, the only reason why you're bringing this up is not because you care about racial equality, because it's something you could use against me. And then they show the text. What did you feel? How did you feel about that? Because when, when we then saw the text, when Tom brought up how Jax texted both Max and Brett, it was like, sorry, guys, like, I'm going to bring up these tweets. That motherfucker is not going to get away with this. It wasn't like, why are you apologizing to them for bringing it up? They said it. Because he didn't think they did anything wrong. He's just like, I have to use this. I'm going to weaponize your situation against Tom Sandoval, period. He didn't have any feelings towards any any of the tweets they had. Nothing at all. And Tom was completely right. It's like, you don't give a fuck about Black people. (laughs) You literally are just using this to make me... And like, you know, they... So then Andy's like, okay, well, let's put in a pin in the pastor stuff to give Max and Brett a chance to address what it is that they said. How did you feel about their responses? Okay, so now knowing that Max is black, it changes a lot of things for me. I don't know if that's problematic, but (laughs) like I tried to go back and look for the actual tweets Mm -hmm. and the wording of them. And I'm like, now I'm kind of conflicted because I'm like, I don't, I also I don't I don't think that there's any it feels very Pierce Morgan to have anyone with any level of black in them apologizing for using the n-word right like that I don't like that and I wish that in the beginning he had just been like I'm black and shut that down right excuse me um and I, I think I said earlier, and I think you messaged me, that I thought that Brett was the black one. Because, frankly, Brett's the one who looks like he has black in him more than that. hair, right? <laughs> it's the hair and the face. Something, yeah. something in him, like, maybe you might want to do a 23 and me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Max has more of a, I don't want to use the word pass, but it makes more sense. But he did say, like, just because, you know, I am, he didn't say he was white passing, but that was basically what he was trying to say and saying like, it's not okay for me to use that because nobody on this planet would have thought I had, I was a quarter black. (laughs) I certainly wouldn't have. Right. Um, And then, you know, he said, you know, I was raised by my black grandfather for the most part. I have a hat, black mom. Then I heard that he, and he like dirty deleted this. He was on Instagram and was like playing with his mom's hair and like making fun of her, even though she asked him not to. And he was like joking about her hair. Um, oh, no. And then <laughs> <laughs> people tried to find the receipts, but he had deleted them at that point. Um, so then Brett basically says, and this was like the, you know, standard, like, I was young and I was just joking with people and I'm trying to move forward. And then Lisa, so Jax had brought up like, oh, why didn't you fire them, Sandoval? And he was like, I don't have the power to do that. I only own 5%. And so Lisa, like, she like starts by saying like, reiterating like, oh, Tom and Tom don't have any sort of hiring and firing 
privileges. I'm the one who kept them on. And she said, I've never had any inkling of them holding those opinions since I've known them. And if I did, that they wouldn't still be working for me. Like, first of all, that that doesn't... Also, where would you get the inkling from, right? <laughs> you don't, there are no Black people in your world, right? So right. Where, where would the inkling come from? <laughs> Unless they were just egregiously using the N-word in front of you, which why would they? Because there are literally no Black people in your universe, except for Richardson. And, like... That just the fact that like I haven't seen it doesn't make it okay. Like a lot of people in Harvey Weinstein's world probably didn't see him and know that he was raping people, but that doesn't mean that you should still say that you're friends with him. Like that doesn't give him a nothing, absolutely nothing about Lisa has done nothing to prove to me that she cares anything about race, right? Like, You've had so much criticism about how white the show is and you've done absolutely nothing about it. You don't care. Like maybe if it had been the F word, we'd be having a different conversation. Maybe. (laughs) I don't think that Lisa doesn't care about black people. And I feel like she wasn't, even in her, what she said, there was no feeling of like, they did a bad thing. Right. It's like, well, all of you guys have made mistakes as if like, being racist is just any other type of mistake somebody could make. It's like cheating on your girlfriend, getting too loud in my restaurant. Right. And saying like, yeah, if, if I had to like reprimand any of you guys for doing anything that you've done, you probably, none of you would be working here. It's like, okay, so are we equating like James having a drinking problem? And you did fire him for that, but like repeatedly, (laughs) but the fact that they said some like that's not even a good look for you. Like, what what is the benefit to keeping Brett and Max hired with your company? I bet you if they had tweeted "kill all dogs," they would have lost their jobs. Right? <laughs> yeah, like if they had said, you know, Euling, not that bad. They would have lost their jobs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and I want to get into now. I think is a good time to get into the social media stuff that's happening because people are really rallying up and bringing up racist things that the cast members have done, namely Saucy and Kristen. Now, a lot of people don't know this, (laughs) but the reason why Saucy got all of that um, press for the Oscars So White situation was because of me. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) So three years ago, I had seen, like, somebody had reached out to me, and I had never listened to Saucy's podcast at that point. And they were like, have you heard what Saucy said? Because, skirt, (laughs) I have questions. So I'm, like, getting on here, and I listen, and I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) So then I went on, do you know the website? Um, Oh, no, they didn't. Yes. Okay, so legendary internet gossip site. Mm -hmm. So then I posted and said, just verbatim what she said, which is, I'm going to, by the way, the guest on that episode was Steven from Summer House, from like season one one and two of Summer House. Saucy had been a big fan of La La Land, the whitest movie possible that year. 
and how it didn't win. And there was like the big, crazy surprise with Moonlight actually winning Best, best Picture. So then, A fantastic movie. Uh, so good. If you haven't seen it, it's on, I believe it's on Netflix. Um, so then she goes on to say, I'm going to offend a lot of people right now, but I'm going to do it in a way that I hope people don't get offended. Um, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <not starter. laughs> Why do people say that? Like, I think it's going to be. Shut up. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, she goes, um, I'm like really sick of everyone making everything about race. Like I'm kind of over it. And I'm the one person who's not allowed to say that because I'm a white privileged bond 28 year old. So I get that. Do you? Cause then she goes on to say, I know, but I have a podcast and it's an outlet to say what I think. And if you don't like what I have to say, you don't have to listen to it, turn it off, unfollow me, whatever. But like everyone's giving their impassioned speeches about race and all that stuff. And I'm like, why is it always just about African-Americans? Why aren't the Asian Asians being like, we're not represented? Why aren't the, I don't know, like Native Americans and Latinos saying, we're not represented? Um, why is it always just that? And then whenever they get upset, then everybody has to go above and beyond to make them happy. <laughs> um, I mean, they're, I mean, the ones that are like out there bitching about things. <laughs> yeah um so then she goes on to say and they both say like oh it's not about race it's about acting abilities and steven says that people will always find something to complain about and how unoriginal it is to discuss politics at award shows now she just spent several minutes on her show complaining about how people make things about race and how upset that made her and why are they always complaining why are they always complaining she could so, have spent that seven minutes um reading an article <laughs> 70 seconds would have would have maybe put her in her place so then she have googled her question <laughs> right um why are black people mad maybe <laughs> Maybe that would have helped. <laughs> the results would have would have given you a lot of a lot of answers. Um, so then, what happened from there is that Stassi at the time and Ariana were like in a beef. I can't remember why. So then Ariana tweeted a link to that ONTD post and was like, "This is why you suck, basically." <laughs> so then it started this whole war on Twitter. Then Kristen came to defend Stassi and said um Stassi's not racist like how dare you guys why would you do this blah 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 and so then I commented on her like bitch I know you're fucking lying and like if you cared about people of color like you would never open your lips and say something like that to which Kristen replied to me cared about people of color she put that in quotes she's like I'm Arabic, which is a language, not, not a, uh, yeah. Since when uh, is she that? I remember I watched What Happens Live. They asked her, and she was like, I'm just white. I remember that being a question. Because, like, Andy was like, well, you are really tan. And she's like, I'm just white. Yeah. She said to me, I'm part Arabic and from Detroit, so why don't you have a seat? I'm from Detroit. <laughs> oh, my God. 
okay, Marshall Mathers. Like, first of all, she's from Dearborn, <laughs> not Detroit, which is like, from what I understand, Dearborn is like a very white suburb of Detroit. I mean, I should be like, color is like up transmittable through distance, like it's airborne. Like, well, you know, I'm from a place that has lots of black people in it, so pipe down. <laughs> Um, just un unbelievable. So those <laughs> things are <laughs> those things are coming back up. People are like really getting in their ass. Like Saucy was like, I'm not gonna post a podcast this week. I'm just gonna take the time to be quiet and reflect. And people are like, What the fuck does that mean? Like, reflect on what? Like that just your means- own thoughts, the, <laughs> the problematic <laughs> thoughts you already have. <laughs> reflect on this bitch and then so the things come another thing that resurfaces is that faith if anybody remembers the jack swift faith um she did a iconic bars by the way listen the white kanye jumped up it slaps it really does (laughs) everybody remember when jack's fuck faith it it slaps (laughs) like i do um so she did an IG live with Candace from Floribama shore. And so faith has now jumped from the MTV, like the challenge circuit. <clears throat> so she was talking about her experiences on Vanderpump talking about how, like she was basically the only white person on the show, how they never, you know, she had been taking the time. She had been in the military at that point and was like going off base to film scenes said that they basically Lisa kind of wanted her to be like the black bitch and she's like I'm not gonna do that so I made efforts to be really nice to people because I don't want to be the only black person on the show and be like the combative one having fights with everybody and then she goes on to say um you know how they had there was some girl who was out here drugging dudes and robbing them they had found um stills from this girl like at an atm or in a bar or something like that it was several shades lighter several (laughs) (sighs) then so then kristen and saucy made it their like they put all this effort into calling the police to out her as of Right now, the tweets where Kristen is like posted the picture of this girl saying, Does this girl look familiar? and alluding to Faith are still up. She hasn't yet to delete them. Um, there was a um a podcast that she did that they have just scrubbed that episode in which <clears throat> they're telling on themselves left, right, and center saying oh, yeah, like, proud of themselves for calling the cops on Faith, saying that, oh, um, that she was wearing a jacket that she stole from James, which, or Logan, rather, um, and everybody found uh, the pictures of Logan in a jacket in that same style, but clearly was not the same jacket. First of all, this girl isn't even Faith. Um, Then they said that, oh, Faith was homeless during the show and she was couch hopping and and Lala would leave stuff around her apartment to see if Faith would take it. And there was a time where I guess after Faith and Jax hooked up, 
Jackson had his car stolen, and so they were blaming that on her. And just, like, all of this crazy, like, do you guys not listen to your, do you not hear yourselves? What's happening? Crazy, crazy, crazy. So, I, I hope that they address it. I hope that in Stassi's time of reflection, in her Hollywood Hills home, she maybe checks her ats <laughs> and sees what people are saying to her and about her. Um, is there anything that else that you want to talk about with the race stuff with Brett and Max? Uh, I kind of wanted to talk about Kristen really mm-hmm. quickly, just because, like, there's always been something, like, you know, like, as a black woman, you're kind of, like, acutely aware of undertones. Yeah. You know, and, like, I've always been suspicious of Kristen. Like, not anything really tangibly racist that she's done, but there's just certain things that have always, like, I don't know, you hear certain dog whistles. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt, like, obviously Stassi has been, like, openly stupid, but the way Kristen jumps to everyone's defense, even in, like, when someone will call, like, I've seen tweets where... um. Jax has been like supportive of Trump or said things and like people have accused Jax of being racist. She's the quickest person to jump to anyone's defense and say they're not racist. Like right. she loves playing that game and I just don't understand it where I'm like okay so you have these feelings and I just wish that someone would interview her and like really ask her about them because I need her to like you need to explain yourself. Exactly. And I don't think she you know she's Arabic or whatever so <laughs> somebody in Detroit could reach out to Kristen and tell her that she's a racist. Please, please do your job. If, if Eminem or even Haley, if Haley could say something. That and would... it's, it tends to make me like, ugh. I get embarrassed because I, I tend to be a Kristen apologist in a way, just cause I, I do, there's something about me that connects with like a mentally ill white woman, you know, like I love Lindsay Lohan. I love Britney Spears. So like, like something about Kristen, it just excites me, you know, and I'm like, oh, why do you have to be racist? <laughs> yeah, I know. And I was like really defend- defensive. I really was defending her this season because I didn't like how Saucy and Katie were going so hard against her. Like, I really don't like the look of a two against one. something that really is not any of their business like if she wants to date and break up with carter 70 times like why it bothers you so much i still don't understand but yeah she has a lot to learn a lot to learn and i'm gonna be busy cyberbullying her all day so hopefully she'll she'll listen i might jump in on that (laughs) (laughs) um so then okay what happens after that okay so then they get back to the pastor stuff and Andy asked Stassi about her stance with regard to Jackson and Brittany, because on one hand, she was saying she was defending them. But on the other hand, she was saying that they were conveniently clueless about what the pastor was saying. And Stassi basically confirms that. She says, you know, I felt like Tom was questioning their motives and he shouldn't do that as a best friend. Like, that's not what they should do. Like, what? That's isn't it (laughs) like that's exactly what a best friend should do but like i mean exactly live in a different world i i don't understand like what the parameters for their friendship is like so you can go after somebody because she chooses to fuck somebody or whatever but you can't really call them to the carpet when they do something that's actually morally wrong like walk me through this um but then she does say 
that Brittany and Jax have a habit of sticking their head in the sand. And Sheena says, like, oh, I think Sandoval was looking out for them before it got to the out to the public, which it already had. Um, and then Saucy's like, oh, shut up. Like, you just think Tom's your best friend. Everybody's your best friend, blah, blah, blah. You say that about 40 people, which is like, yeah, she does. But it's also like, she's got a point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then Brittany goes off to the point where she even tells Jax to shut up and says that this was the hardest thing that she's ever gone through. She only saw one tweet. And then the pastor, when she contacted him, assured her that that wasn't how he really felt. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Yeah. No, no acknowledgement for the people that those tweets hurt, right? Like, this is the hardest thing you've ever gone through. (laughs) (laughs) But right before my wedding, you're doing this in front of my wedding. Like, there's zero acknowledgement for the pain that those things, like that problematic rhetoric, like what that does to me. Zero. And zero acknowledgement of the fact that Ariana is a bisexual woman. He is talking about her over and over and over and it's just so laughable to me that she really like this is like this is going to be my time to cry because you guys almost ruined my wedding and like the officiant whoever officiates your wedding it's like unless it's like uh, I don't even know the person's name who did mine and I didn't get married that long ago I couldn't tell you that man's name Exactly. Like, unless it was like your dad or like some close relative or like very best friend of yours, like this is a very small factor in your wedding. Like this is, and and this has nothing, like the fact that you saw one tweet and didn't care to just like eliminate it then, right? That you're like, (laughs) all I saw was one tweet. Okay. That should have been enough. That should have been more than enough. And like for him to be like, oh no, that's not how I feel. Like well that's what you said so what did you mean what did you mean so then she said like she had no idea all those months went by no clue until lisa called her about it coming out again and lisa then defends britney and this was so dumb to me she's like I could tell when I called her that she was really blindsided by what I was telling her and she was crying so hard like 
No, she was crying so hard because you caught her, because you called her, because the principal called her and you got in trouble. And I think you that what Lisa was telling her was you got to, you know, like I have a bit. had a PR conversation. Yeah, this wasn't like I'm defending gay people. This is like, don't make me out here looking stupid. Mm-hmm. All this was. And then... Jax kind of, and they didn't really, he kind of said this, like, quietly, like, he was like, oh, Andy, like, I even texted you about the situation, which, and I want to quote George J.B. W. Bush on here, was complete strategery. Like, (laughs) you live in West Hollywood, and the only gay guy that you think to text about this is Andy Cohen, who you're not friends with, he's your boss. And you're texting him because he's gay. And you didn't want to get you wanted to get in front of the story. Like, no. that's all that was. <laughs> like, come on. Jax is such a joke. Like, even when he was like, he threw Brittany under the bus so fast, he was like, it's not my pastor, it's my wife's pastor. <laughs> right. Right, exactly. Um, so then Schwartz brings up, he's like, you know, when it comes to jo- Jackson Tom, there's like, a, you know, a familiarity brings contempt situation and they both have each other's numbers. And which basically would suggest that Tom has done something. And again, like, show me the receipts. Show me the receipts. And thank God, like, this was so hot that Tom Sandoval just went off. He just completely snapped. And he says, I've been the best friend to Jax that he has ever had. And that Jax has done more fucked up shit to me than anybody in my entire life, friend or foe. Go off. Uh, to, right. To quote the TikTok kid, straight facts, no cap. <laughs> no cap at all. And so then Jax is like, well, why did you want to come to my wedding? Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, having you there was my biggest regret. And I only invited you because the girls bullied me into it. What? Okay, well, why don't you why don't you um go to the laser center and take that Tom Tom and I off tattoo off? If, if I you also to sit there as his wife Brittany and he cheated on you, and for him to sit here and say the biggest regret he has is his wedding. The people, I mean, I cannot believe how much how much like importance they're placing on their wedding in a fake castle in Kentucky like they're acting like this is the biggest thing not even the marriage the wedding is the biggest thing that has ever happened and will ever happen in their lives and how dare anybody desecrate the royal wedding of a guy whose name isn't legally Jax Taylor like like as someone who's been who's married like it's not an achievement okay I'm gonna say it's gonna be controversial but I need you to understand like it's not an achievement. People get married okay. every day, dude. Every day. It happens all the time. Yeah, like... And Tom Brady... had a very tacky wedding, to be honest. Of all the things to be so damn proud about. The best part was the fact that y'all had chicken wings at the end from Hooters. Like, that was the coolest part. And only because you know that those people were getting really drunk and they needed to have a second meal. Um... It was very on brand for them. Very. Um, so then Jax, Tom says, like, well, J- Jax, you did want me there. And you had all these expectations of me. And, and he, he clocks the hell out of him and says, 
not only did you have all these expectations of me, you also expected your mom to reach out to you after you said all this stuff about her on television. And (laughs) I was like, oh, points were made. Points were made. I mean, Jax dragged his mom on every every platform he possibly could, like a lady who just lost her husband. Right. And the only thing that Jake could decide for he was mad about is that she didn't call him to let him know how bad his badly his dad was dying. Because Jax was made aware of the fact that his dad was in fact dying. She just hadn't told him how bad it was. Like it might be today or tomorrow that he died. Right. Remember, he had taken, like, a trip to Tampa instead of going to see his dad, like. And, and, you know, that that was a cut. But it was a necessary cut. Because it just points to how hypocritical he was about the whole situation. Like, this whole thing, I thought it was, and I'm saying this is somebody who's part of the Dead Dads Club, too. Like, it's so unwell, his relationship to his father's ashes. And how it's performative. It's so performative. Like, and you know, I'm gonna sit here with my dad. I'm not gonna go out tonight. <laughs> I'm just gonna like, come on. I gotta eat Cut a bur- it out. I gotta eat a burger and fries because that was his favorite meal. Like, okay, welcome to America. That's like 80% <laughs> people's favorite meal. Like, that wasn't special. Um and, and if it was anybody else, like, I wouldn't laugh at this. But Jax is just truly a monster. Like, I don't see it for him in any way. Like, I'm, I'm incapable of having any level of compassion for him, period. Like, he's the only one who can have, like, a tragedy, like, losing a father and, like, come out of it looking like such an asshole. And this, this, exactly. And the problem with that is that he's using that, like, he, I think I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Is that he once his father passed from before before his dad passed, he got attention from being bad, from doing bad things, treating people horribly. That was his way of getting the attention that he felt like he needed. But once his dad died and everybody was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. He started getting attention for a good thing. And I'm using that in quotes just because, like, he got sympathy um, and then he started turning to like, oh, I'm a good boy now. Did you remember that my dad died and I'm a good boy? And I'm going to do things right with Brittany because this is what my dad would have wanted. You remember he died? Like everything he did was selfish. He's using right. his father. And, and it's, it's sick. <laughs> it's he so- used it as a way to like absolve himself of all his sins, right? Like exactly. my father has now died and this new person has resurrected. I'm no longer the Jax Taylor that you knew. Like, and ev- and everyone in the cast helped him with that. They're like, Jax is a different person now. He's a different person now. Ja- his dad dying changed him. I'm like, all right. Exactly. And it's like, I, there, I mean, obviously it, it, deeply affected him but then it's also like you're also taking advantage of the situation in a way that's like not cool at all not cool at all and you're weaponizing your father into making people think that you're a good person now and that's not how it works that's not how it works and from everything that tom sandoval said like the only thing that the old cast is gonna get from that is he should have never brought his dad his mom into it right it's like he's totally benefiting on the fact like yeah you're right like like 
my mom is a bad person because she didn't tell me about my dad in time. And, and, and so now I have to make her the enemy. And it's like, well, what you really should be doing is trying to form a closer bond with her because she's now your only parent. And she lost her husband. She lost her husband. The husband. And it is also a thing that parents do. Parents try to protect their children. Like, I've had times when my dad was in the hospital and I've gotten mad. I've gotten a little angry with my mom, but I'm not going to be not speak to her. I'm like, next time you need to tell me. And like, hey, like, but that is a, that's what parents do. It's a natural thing. I, I can't not understand. Like, the thing that made me really confused was when his sister came on the show mm-hmm. and she seemed to be like siding with Jax. And I was like, so are you guys just both monsters? Right, like, so now the kids are just completely icing their only parent left out. I really wondered, like, at the wedding, like, his aunt, like, did you really have a relationship with your aunt? And to the point where she would be walking you down the aisle? Like, No, it was to hurt his mom more. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Uh, okay. Do you have any final thoughts from the episode? Uh, no, I mean, I'm kind of, Danica didn't, doesn't need to be there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just kept looking every time she spoke, I was just like, well, you don't need to be here. And I hope we're done with addressing the date. Like, I know that we're not because now we have to go to the Dana and Brett saga, saga of it all. And like, that's going to be annoying. Right. Right. So, and then I'm wondering, like, in the preview, it, they kind of, like, alluded to Kristen saying that she was done. But do you think that that's just a fake out or do you think she's actually going to leave the show? I think it's a fake out. Like, she she doesn't have the, the capital on the show to be walking out. Like, she she's going to stay. She needs the airtime. She definitely doesn't now because people are trying to get their refunds for her book. Because they don't want to support her anymore. Okay, see, I pre-ordered it. And I'm like, I I tried two days ago to try to, like... Whenever that Tracy Morrissey, like, had posted um, about it, I was like, oh, no, I can't have her book. But it's going to come and I'm going to return it. So... Yeah, yeah. I think it's actually arriving today, but I want my money back. (laughs) You should read the whole thing and then just return it. Who cares? Okay, I already read it because I got a galley. Oh, nice. (laughs) Um, It's... It's not fantastic. It's a lot better than Stassi's book. It, it's Ooh. cute. It's relatable, I guess. I heard that it was mostly just like her talking about everything that we've already seen on the show and just kind of like explaining it just a little bit more. I wouldn't even say explaining it a little bit more. <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's just, it's a very cute, like, it's like rom com in a way, like very flowery language and it, it feels relatable. Like, we've all been crazy for guys. Right. But it's not, like, it's not very deep and it's also not very real. Okay. Well, there, you heard it here first, guys. Get the returns if you can. Um, do you want anybody to follow you anywhere? You want to give up your socials? Oh, yeah, you can follow me at... Uh, F-L-Y dot C-H-Y. And I have a book Instagram too. Um, bookho. Book dot H-O-E. <laughs> Love that. Well, thank you so much. This was so cathartic. And I could not have asked anybody better to do this. Yes, Thank you so much. This was so fun. 
<laughs> you have a great day, girl. You too. Bye. Bye. <laughs>